What a pleasure to say good morning to former federal cabinet minister Lisa Raitt, who's on the morning brief today. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So I feel like we've been talking about the Toronto budget forever, but it is very much a bread and butter issue. I mean, it's going to be our tax bill in the coming year. What is your takeaway from the 2024 budget? Well, um, I'm going to take some time during this public consultation to figure out how we've done in the past and what the plan is going forward. Those are the things that I haven't seen in the reports yet. Everyone's been attracted to how much the increase is. Uh, For me, when I looked at budgets as a politician, I always wanted to see how did they spend the money last year and what is the forecast for the next three years in terms of revenues and expenses and do you see what kind of tracking do you see? I think that's important because if the mayor is saying we've got to fix the the mess we're in and we got to track this, put it on track, then I want to see the fact that that's how they're thinking about this, not just one year off, lurching from year to year, asking for more money, but here's what the progression looks like and and treating it more like a a continuous project as opposed to a one-off. John Tory, former mayor of Toronto, is now our municipal affairs commentator. He's going to be with us later on in the show. If you were debriefing John Tory, how hard would you go on him in terms of what Olivia Chow has said, which is effectively, yeah, it was great to hold the line at inflation on tax increases, but look at where we are now. Well, I would ask, uh, look, I think it's a fair question to ask John about what went into his decision making to keep hold the line on taxes and where did he think the revenues were going to come from in the future? There's no question that we're building a lot more in Toronto. I mean, look at the traffic. We can see where the condos are going up and how many how many housing units we've added. That's the base of taxation in Toronto. It's about your property. So, you know, where did he think the increases in the number of properties was going to offset the increase that needed to be put on current current taxpayers or ratepayers. And I, you know, wonder whether or not that was his plan and that it would eventually catch up. And uh, right now we have a mayor who has a different point of view and, and, you know, try to contrast between the two. And you mentioned congestion. Let's talk about that. Uh, Toronto traffic rated uh, third slowest in the world in 2023. I guess that's, you know, for so many people listening, they're like, tell me something I don't know. Boy, I, you know, it's, um, it is one of those things that I've seen it take a, a, a personal decision from me. So I live out in Milton and I work in downtown Toronto and it's become so difficult to move around. I don't have all day two way go train service, so I have to drive somewhere to get on a go train. And sometimes I'll just drive into Toronto because I'm late that night. But John, it doesn't matter what time of day you're leaving Toronto. You're going to be stuck trying to get on that Gardner Expressway, and it's going to add, you know, an hour to your time in some cases. So I make decisions around public transit, but I make a decision around whether or not I actually go into Toronto or not. And if I don't go into Toronto, I'm not going to restaurants. I'm not not buying purchases. I'm, I'm not shopping. And that's going to have traffic has an impact in a whole bunch of ways. And one of them is people deciding whether or not they're actually going to go in at all. Do you think it's time for a more adult conversation about this, though? Like I was saying to Joe Christiana before the show this morning, um, I'm going to New York City this weekend. I would not rent a car at the airport for New York City. I'm fine with public transit and taxis and Uber. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's time to admit there is no solution for Toronto's congestion. I don't think tourism's the problem with it. I don't think it's not about people renting uh, renting cars. I think there's a lot of people in Toronto who have cars. Um, I think that you have to make it 
uh, a more friendly city for other modes of transport. But then on the other hand, you know, the mayor does something like puts a cap on Ubers because for whatever reason. So, you know, yes, I agree. Adult conversations are always helpful. Maybe this is what I would ask John Tory about. Like, what was the game plan in having all this construction at once? Because I don't know if the traffic wouldn't flow better, but for the fact that there is some very strange decisions made about how many streets are closed in the downtown core right now. Here's my chance to find out if I'm on the right page, and I'm interested in your view on the Ford government moving Service Ontario locations into Staples. I got no problem with this. I welcome it. Canada Post did it with Shoppers Drug Mart, made my life a heck of a lot easier. I think it's a really good idea. I think most of this should be online anyway in terms of renewal and and the the production of the licenses in a back office as opposed to, you know, doing stuff in the front office. I'm uh, all for it. Yay. Go for it. <laughs> okay, good. So that's two of us. Uh, federal <laughs> conservatives are refusing to let up on Justin Trudeau's Caribbean getaway. Now, opposition going to opposition. So yeah. I guess the more important question is how vulnerable is Trudeau on this file? Well, I'm going to be very boring and move to the end of the result where I okay. think the ethics commissioner will go. And I do believe that Justin Trudeau can make a case for the fact that the gentleman who owns this incredibly luxurious villa uh, is actually a friend spoke at his father's funeral and probably has been in contact with but that is the level of of um i would say investigation that the ethics commissioner is going to have to go into i'm sure when they talked to the ethics commissioner at the beginning they said no it's a family friend uh ethics commissioner would nod and say okay well there there you go that that's a relevant um exemption from whether or not you're allowed to accept a gift. Where the where this is good is the acceptance of a gift that is worth, you know, $84,000 is pretty big. It's not like you're you're accepting, you know, a, a bottle of wine from a friend or you're not going to stay at their place over Christmas to use the example that's given. So I think having some kind of analysis around that for the purpose of amending this conflict of interest act that makes a lot of sense to me whether or not is there a line where a gift from a friend actually exceeds what can be considered to be something that doesn't put you into a conflict of interest and there's a file you've been very active on this is the allegations of sexual assault by hamas during this horrific attack on october 7th and justin trudeau's reacted to calls from uh, let's see i think it was you kathleen Wynne, and sherry de novo yeah, saying right, that we yeah. need to take some action on this so where are we well we're uh, i mean reading robert benzie's article this morning which i thought covered it off really well uh the starting point for this john was the fact that there was a lot of denial out there that the these actions had actually happened. And we hadn't heard anything from the federal government at all in terms of what they were going to do to help victims and actually acknowledging that what happened was completely unacceptable and probably a crime against humanity. So for the first part of it, that they're acknowledging it and they're saying that it's unacceptable, I'm very, very pleased. Um, it took a long time for them to get there, though, right? It was, it was uh, surprising how long it, it took for governments the UN to step up and say, yeah, this happened and, and this needs to be investigated. Second part about Canada's involvement, that's a process story. They'll figure out how to get the money into them. For for me, it was about the acknowledgement and stopping this terrible rhetoric on social media and from others to be able to deny that it actually happened because it did. Thanks a lot for this. Good to have you this morning. 
Thanks, John. Former federal cabinet minister Lisa Raitt on the morning brief.